This is Garden Variety, a horticulture podcast from Iowa Public Radio and Iowa State University Extension and Outreach. I'm Charity Nebbe. It's too early to work in the garden, but that doesn't mean you don't have work to do outside. It is time to prune. And Jeff Isles, professor and chair of the horticulture department at Iowa State University, is here to guide us through the process. Hello, Jeff. Charity, good to hear from you. It's wonderful to have you here. And all right, February and March, we know this is the best time to prune for most trees and shrubs. What makes this time of year the perfect time for that work? Yeah. Well, we're all stir crazy. We've been in the house all, all winter long, so we need to get out. Uh, so the psychological benefits, it doesn't have anything to do with the trees? So, no, we don't care. We don't care what they think. They can't move anyway. So, no, it, it's it's a good time to prune, for one, because uh, we can see the plant's architecture. The leaves aren't there yet, so we can see the bones of the plant, whether we're talking trees or shrubs. There's very little insect and disease pressure. In fact, there's none this time of the year. Uh, and then, of course, any pruning wound we make now, uh, the, the plant will begin to respond to that as it grows in the spring. So the the, the, the planets are aligned. This is a, a good time to prune. And I know Mr. Vitosh is probably listening out there somewhere, of course, our, our DNR friends. And he will remind us all that, that pruning oaks in the summer is, is just a bad idea. So, we're, But we are nearing the end of the oak pruning season. Uh, so if you, if, you have, if you have to prune oaks, get it done this, this weekend. But uh, yes, to your point, Charity, this is a great time to get outside, especially on a day like today. All right. So, and you want to particularly focus on pruning young trees. Why do you think that's so important to think about? Well, it's it's like it's like any young being on this planet, whether that be a child, a dog, a turtle. Uh, it's so much easier <clears throat> to, to to train them when they're when they're young, and and the same goes for for trees. Uh, large tree pruning is a specialized uh, game, and we leave that to the professionals with with chainsaws, <clears throat> sometimes with bucket trucks. But, but if we get trees off to a good start, then, then they will be, be much easier to handle as they get older. And we can, we can do all kinds of great things for them. Uh, unfortunately, I see too, way too many trees that have been neglected in their early stages. And then you end up having to make huge cuts, huge corrective movements with trees. And, and it would have been so much easier to handle problems when, when the tree is young. So, yes, we're going to focus on that today. All right. And I think that a lot of us probably, we plant our trees, we water our trees, we make sure that they're growing well, but we think that, okay, that's something to think about later. What should we be looking for in a young tree? Right, right, right. Well, that's not to discount the the appropriate choice of plants, uh, the appropriate planting techniques and, pr- and appropriate post-plant care, but but pruning is is right at the top of the list of things that need to be addressed early on in, in any plant's life. So for, for a shade tree, for example, I, I like to develop a central leader. Now, some trees will fight you on that one, but a, a central leader for as, as, as long as you can get that to happen is a, is a good idea. A good branch spacing. Here, let, me, let me back up. When, when you look at a young tree, it's, it's kind of important, more than kind of important, to, to envision that plant 20 years down the road. What is it going to look like? And many times the branches you see on a young tree are, are simply temporary. They're, they're, they're there now. They're, they're providing a function now. They're feeding the tree, if you will. But a lot of those branches that we see today on a young tree are, are temporary. And so we need to take the long view. In fact, when I, when I address a young tree, and I do address them uh, very formally, <clears throat> uh, I, I try to envision where is the first permanent scaffold branch going to be on that tree? Is it going to be five feet off the ground, eight feet off the ground? 
And once you've made that determination, then you can begin looking down the road and and planning for, for branch removal. Of course, removing all the lower branches at one time is not good good practice. Those lower branches, again, are, are performing a valuable function. But we need a game plan, and, and that's why pruning is a, at least an annual event, sometimes twice a year. All right. So this is something that you're you're making a long term plan for the health and welfare of that tree. How much can you prune a tree in one session and still not hurt it too badly? Yeah, <clears throat> there's a number of percentages that are bandied about. Uh, I, I'm not sure there's an exact formula, uh, but I, I would think anywhere between 15 and 25 percent, no more than that uh, at, at any one sitting. And then we have to have some discipline and put the pruning saws down and, and not do any more. But that, but if you train yourself, train your tree into a visit at least once a year, then you really don't need to do more than that. Uh, but but I, I think all too often we, we prune in 2020 and then, oops, we, we get around to pruning again in 2023. And by then, bad things happen. Another guiding principle for me is, is the size of the wound you're creating. Uh, remember, trees are going to have an easier time dealing with, with a pruning wound when they're small. Remember, the tree doesn't differentiate between wounds. I mean, a, a pruning cut is a wound to that plant, and it has to deal with it. Uh, and so the smaller that wound, uh, the, the, the better it's going to be for the tree, the easier it's going to be for that tree to, uh, to handle uh, that, uh, that injury. Now, when um, you are doing this work, do you have to be particular about the kinds of tools that you use to make those wounds as as clean and easy to heal as possible? Right. So I think a good pair of, of pruning shears is good for, for smaller branches. And then a and then a a, a pruning saw. Uh, I've got a couple of these in my in my possession and they have these retractable blades which are really slick. Uh, but but those are the primary tools that, that we use. Someone might ask, well, what about what about chainsaws? And if you're using a chainsaw on a young tree, well, you've probably waited too long to take a, take a branch off. And again, chainsaws and chainsaw safety is another topic altogether. But I'm hoping that if we're pruning young trees and doing it when we should be, then all you need is a good pair of, of, of bypass uh, pruning shears and, uh, and, uh, and a good pruning saw. Uh, and and that's, that, that should be good enough. And I like to stay on the ground when I'm pruning. Now, this is one of those cases where I'm going to tell you what to do, not not what I do, but what what do what as Jeff do. says, not what he does, right? <laughs> so my wife will tell you that I'm often on a ladder too high, <clears throat> trying to get to that central leader thing. But but try to try to confine your pruning to uh, having both feet on the ground, maybe one or two rungs on the ladder. But but let's let's be safe out there. All right. And we talked about this being the right time of year to do your pruning work. And we also know that life is busy and sometimes you put things off. Is there a a danger as the tree starts to bud out? Are you at risk of of damaging the tree in some way if you put it off until later in the spring? Right, right. I'm glad you brought that up, Charity. So, So we talked about late dormant season pruning right now being very good. But there are other times of year that are equally good. Uh, I become a big fan of, of summertime pruning. But so not of oak June, trees. July, not of oaks, of course. We, we don't prune oaks then. But for a lot of species, we can prune them in, in the summer. I guess if I call a, call a halt to pruning at any time of the year, it would be uh, as, as trees are leafing out, they're breaking bud and leafing out because the bark is, is full of water then and it rips very easily. And the other time of the year I don't like to prune is in the fall, uh, October, November, maybe into early December. Trees are getting, trees and shrubs are getting ready for winter then. 
uh, and wounds do not close at all when we make a pruning cut at that time of the year. So if we can avoid that, that, that bud break time of the year and fall, then everything else is pretty much fair game. Again, with the, the caveat that oaks are, are better pruned, best pruned uh, in the dormant season. All right, let's talk about big trees for a moment because you, you've said many times that you need specialized tools, you need to be safe. But um, when we look at our older trees, what tells us it's time to make a call and we need somebody to, to really help us and right. to prune that tree? Yeah, and, and, and there are folks that are trained in looking at large trees and, and identifying defects. I guess any large tree with a limb hanging over my house is going to grab my attention. Uh, especially if if the species is one that has a reputation for becoming problematic as they age, hackberry, silver maple, uh, things like that. So I think any large tree requires uh, perhaps at least an annual visit from an arborist, a trained, qualified, certified arborist, just to give the tree the once-over because there's something that you might miss that he or she would see that, that requires attention. And hopefully if there's a defect in the tree, it, it can be corrected by a, by a pruning cut or maybe the installation of hardware, or in the extreme case, the tree might need to come down. But um, uh, it's it's a uh, it's a it's a science, it's an art, uh, but it's also dangerous work. And so, whenever I'm dealing with large trees, especially when they're in close proximity to homes uh, or other targets, I, I call in the people that uh, that do this kind of thing for a living. Let's talk about shrubs for a few minutes, because uh, while you were talking about a central leader on trees, the the architecture of a tree is, uh, to me, it's a lot more clear than the architecture of a shrub. What tells you that you need to prune your shrubs? Well, you, the good thing about shrubs is they don't fall on your house, so we don't we don't get as worried. But but I like to look for branch spacing. Again, when I have branches that are rubbing or crossing, I like to eliminate that. If a, if a shrub gets too dense and inhibits light from penetrating into the shrub, I, I try to do some thinning there. So I, I guess the, the goals with shrub pruning is, is thinning, uh, size control, uh, but, but it's also a, a rather complicated game because our pruning is often dictated by what the plant does. For example, lilacs flower in the spring of the year, and if we do a lot of pruning now, we might sacrifice a lot of flowers. Now, that might not be a huge deal, but it's a consideration. Other shrubs that flower in the summer, like spirea, we can prune them almost willy-nilly this time of the year and, and not worry about sacrificing flowers. So it, it helps to know what the goal is, what is your goal, and, and what, when they flower, and treat them accordingly. But to, but to back way up, we, we, we get around a lot of these problems by making sure the plant, the shrub in this case, is in the right location. If we plant a large growing lilac next to the house, then we're going to have problems probably down the road. So again, it comes back to that right plant for the right place. Talk that we've, we've had so many times. Right. And another talk that we've had many times is, of course, sometimes we get a little overzealous when we get out to prune our shrubs. So what what is your rule of thumb for how much to prune at any given time? You know, again, that, that 25% rule works, works pretty well. Um, the problem, not the problem, the, the opportunity is some plants, when they get overgrown, can be rejuvenated. And so there are some shrubs that you can give it give it a kind of a wholesale haircut right back to the ground, and they will come back. It's amazing what, what, what can happen there. Now, it might set them back for a while, but, but shrubs are a little more forgiving than our, our tree friends. So you would never, well, you could do that with a tree, and, but that would not be recommended. But don't, practice. right. But, 
But don't, so don't do that. <laughs> um, but there, there's just, and I don't mean to make this sound like uh, like rocket science. It certainly isn't. But but there's lots of layers to, to, to pruning. You really can't go wrong. Just get out there and, and do it and have some fun. All right. Jeff Isles, professor and chair of the horticulture department at Iowa State University. There are many pruning resources available. If you look up Iowa State University Extension and type in pruning, you will find a lot of them on there. For more gardening information and tips, please subscribe to our Garden Variety newsletter. You can find out more at iowapublicradio.org slash garden. I'm Charity Nebbe. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Garden Variety is a production of Iowa Public Radio and Iowa State University Extension. It's produced by me, Aaron Style, Caitlin Troutman, and the Iowa Public Radio talk show team. For more garden goodness, please subscribe to our Garden Variety newsletter. Just go to iowapublicradio.org slash garden. I'm Charity Nebbe. See you next time.